Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good? All right. It's great to see you. We've got uh, some of our women at a women's retreat today. My wife. So uh, have a new respect for my wife every, every year, which is just, she's just amazing. So uh, last week was Easter Sunday. We had a great morning. And I do want to just take a second and thank all of our teams and everyone who served uh, and, and just give a loud shout out. So uh, let's just thank our volunteers. Let's thank everyone who served last Sunday to John for the great breakfast and his team, to Suzanne and her team and the egg hunt, to those of you who, uh, who weren't even in service because you were serving kids downstairs. And I just also want to thank all of you who invited friends and family members to come and to be a part of our service and maybe to take a step towards God. So just we could not have done this without all of you. So thank you. Hope Community Church. Um, it was an awesome morning. Well, last week, we started a brand new series called Questions Jesus Asked. And uh, I am just blown away by Jesus, by who he is, by the questions that he asked. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a person who walked this earth that um, spoke more powerfully and more transformingly um, to people and to what they were going through. And last week we looked at a very important question that Jesus asked. It's a question we can answer. And it's that question, who do you say I am? Who is this Jesus? Who do you say that Jesus is? It's a powerful question. We looked at that last week. Well, today I want to look at another powerful question. And um, this is a question that, another question that we can ask ourselves. And, and that question is, do you want to get well? Isn't that an interesting question? Do you want to get well? I just wonder if there's anyone here today, do you know somebody who, it doesn't matter how sick they are, they won't go to the doctor? Do any of you know that person? I mean, they could be completely like, you know, on their deathbed, bleeding, miserable, and uh, they will not go to the doctor. Do any of you know that person? Yeah. You're, some of you are sitting next to that person and you're nudging them right now. Okay. Yes, you know that person. Uh, I, I heard a story about uh, a man, and I don't know what it is about men in particular on this issue, but he was so sick, he was so miserable, he would not go see a doctor. His wife kept saying, you need to go to the doctor, you need to go to the doctor. He would not go to the doctor. But what he would do and what he threatened to do was to take his cat's leftover antibiotics. <laughs> but he wouldn't go to the doctor. A few years ago, I had, a, I had a kind of a knee injury with this tendon here below the kneecap, and it hurt so bad. Could not go up the stairs. I could not, it just hurt so bad going up, going down, um, jumping. It was so painful. You know, did I go see the doctor? No, I did not, because I am that person. My wife would be shaking her head right now. Uh, so I didn't go to the doctor, but I thought maybe it's just from the exercise that I'm doing. You know, maybe I should stop exercising for six weeks. So I was very glad to do that. And uh, after the six weeks, it still hurt so bad. Just right here, it was painful. It was painful walking up and down stairs, jumping. So I was like, well, I guess it's not the exercise. So I just went back to exercising. And I lived with that pain for an entire year. <laughs> Gets worse. So we're, we're at a VBS, doing a VBS with our church. And uh, we're playing games with the kids. And and I'm playing this game that involves jumping and running. And my knee hurt so bad, I couldn't even play a kid's game. And that's where I was like, you know what? Maybe, 
maybe I should go to the doctor. And Angie's like, yeah, you think? So I go to the doctor. I've had this pain in my knee for a whole year. Um, they put me in physical therapy. Literally a month later, it's completely better. A month later. I've had this the whole year, you know? Like, why is it that we struggle sometimes to just do what it takes to get well? So I think Jesus' question that we're looking at this morning, it is a valid question, right? Do you want to get well? Because in order for change to happen in your life, you got to want it, right? So this is the breakthrough question. Do you want to get well? I think, think about your own life. Think about some of the areas in your life that might need change or transformation. Is there, is there something going on in your life right now where you say, you know what, I could use some breakthrough in this area of my life? Is there a struggle? Is there a challenge? Is there a relationship? Is there something in your life right now, a dilemma that you're facing where you go, do I want to get well? Jesus asked over 300 questions in the Gospels. And they were powerful questions, just like this one, because they cut to the heart. Do I want to get well? It's a very powerful question. It's a valid question. It's a question we're looking at today. So if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, open it up to John chapter 5. We're in John chapter 5 today. And we're looking at a little story here that I think is going to be very encouraging for you. If you'd like to see some breakthrough in your life, if there's something going on where you're looking for change, transformation, breakthrough, this is a powerful little story in John chapter 5. So we're going to read it, we'll pray, and we'll dive in. John chapter 5, verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And some of you guys are studying Jewish festivals, right? And if you remember, how many festivals were they required to come to Jerusalem for? Do you remember? How many? Three? You guys studying this? Seven. Seven? <laughs> so there were certain festivals that Jews were required to come to Jerusalem for. So Jesus is going to Jerusalem for one of those Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five color covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid re uh, replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. What an amazing story. Let's pray and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. And uh, wow, what, a, what an incredible story here of of a man who was, who was really stuck in a tough situation and um, he met you in a powerful moment. And that's what I'm asking for each person who's here today. And I just believe that each person is here um, for a reason, that they're, 
here today because you want them here, that you have a message for them, God. So I just pray that you would, you would speak to our hearts and that as we wrestle with this question, God, please um, just encourage us in, in some of the, the situations we're walking through. As men, as women, as teenagers, God, we just ask for breakthrough. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to look at this story today. And um, first thing that I see as I look at the story is that the story change isn't always easy. And story changes aren't always easy. If you've ever tried to change something in your story, it is not always easy. And we, as we look at this little story here in John chapter 5, we see how difficult it can be. We look at verse 1. John writes, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool. Now why they would put a pool next to the Sheep Gate, I'm not exactly sure. But that's what they did. There was a pool next to the Sheep Gate which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, a lot of people used to question this story. And people would wonder if this story was even true or if someone made it up. Because until the 19th century, there was no evidence at all that there was a pool of Bethesda outside of this one chapter in John's gospel. And so people would say, this story's made up, it's not real, this place doesn't exist. No one could find the pool until they found the pool. And this is the pool. And I'm not totally sure exactly what we're looking at. I would love to visit sometime, wouldn't you, and to walk where Jesus walked. Um, but, but today, there is no question that archaeologists have uncovered the actual pool of Bethesda where John writes that Jesus healed a man who had been suffering for 38 years. Isn't that incredible? So I just, I just tell that so that as you are reading your Bible, as you read God's Word, I want you to know that, that these places are real. And nobody's making this stuff up. Like, this... This is a powerful, powerful story that happened at an actual place that we have discovered today. Now, here's what the pool would have looked like. It was a pool with five colonnades. And one of the, the difficulties was that for a long time, archaeologists thought they were looking for a five-sided pool, which would look kind of like the Pentagon, right? Turns out it is a, the five colonnades. There's four, there's four sides, and then there's a colonnade that goes right through the middle. And that's what that pool would have looked at like um, back in Jesus' day. And it's here at this pool of Bethesda, which is translated House of Mercy, where a great number of disabled people used to come and wait and hang out, hoping that God would do a breakthrough in their story. Take a look at verse 4. You kind of, you heard about the water being stirred and it's, you're like, what is this thing about the stirring of the water? And, um, and I would point you to verse 4. Now, anybody have a Bible? Anybody have a Bible that's missing verse 4? It goes right from 3 to 5. Anybody? Yeah, you kind of want your money back, right? It's like, where did verse 4 go? <laughs> what happened there? 
My Bible goes right from verse 3 to verse 5. Where is verse 4? Verse 4 is in a footnote. And the reason that verse 4 is in a footnote, and, and this is what people believe, because the earliest manuscript evidence does not have verse 4 in it. But it is most likely that, that someone early on had put a footnote in the story to help us know what's going on in this passage, why people are waiting at the pool. And so we have this extra footnote provided by our scripture that kind of explains the situation at the pool. And uh, it's totally, um, it totally fits with the story too. So um, this is maybe a footnote, you know, that we've inherited. It says, from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after, uh, after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. So this kind of explains why people were hanging out at the pool. This was the tradition. And you can kind of imagine the scene. You can imagine all these hurting people, disabled people, the poor and the blind, and they're all on their mats, and they're all looking at the water. Can you imagine? Everybody's staring at the water because they're waiting for this water to stir because the moment that water is stirred, the first one into the pool gets healed. Those are the pool rules. You know, so here we have five colonnades packed with disabled people, blind, crippled, those with walkers, those who are paralyzed, and they're all waiting for this pool to stir. And it's here at this scene that we meet uh, one particular man. We begin to hear his story. If you look at verse 5, it says, one who was there had been an invalid for how many years? Let's say it all together. One who had been an invalid for how many years? 38 years. That's a long time, right? 38 years. And here he is at this house of mercy, praying that just somehow, some way, God might do a miracle and change his story. Is it easy to change the story sometimes in our life? Story changes aren't always easy. Now, you know, this story for me, it breaks my heart. I think it, it breaks a lot of our heart because we, we know what it's like to be in this position. But I just know we've all faced things in our life that are hard to change. Have you ever faced something in your life that is difficult to change? We all know what that's like. And I just wonder if there's someone here today and there's something in your life, there's... There's something in your heart. There's something in your physical health. There's something in your relationships that has been a big issue for you. And it's not just been a problem for a couple of weeks, but this has been an ongoing, significant problem in your life. And maybe for you today, it's, it's an issue with, with a marriage and you feel so alone and it doesn't look like anything is ever going to change. It could be... It could be a way that you treat specific people. And it's not good. It's been a problem in your life for many years. And it has affected relationship after relationship after relationship. There are those who struggle with mental illness. Maybe today you're fighting depression. You know, and it's something that you battle every single day. I know there are those who struggle with, with just physical struggles. Whether it's a whether it's chronic, chronic pain, chronic suffering, and you live with this day after day after day. There are those who come with 
a secret addiction. Or maybe it's overeating. Or maybe it's just struggling um, with, your, with your weight. There's just so many things in our lives that we get hung up on. Things that we go, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And I just can't change my story. So our heart goes out to a man who's been at this pool for 38 years, crippled. And he's here at this house of mercy, just asking that God would somehow change his story. And i got to believe for many of us today, we're hoping for a story change. And we're here at the house of mercy saying, Jesus, is there anything for me? And isn't it interesting that Jesus comes to this pool, to this man, and I love the question he asks. He asks, do you want to get well? Don't you love Jesus? Do you want to get well? Look at verse 5 again. Keep on going. There was one who had been, there was one who was there, had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, I don't mean any disrespect to Jesus, but I think we're here today kind of going, duh, I think this guy wants to get well. He is an invalid. That means he cannot move his legs. He's been in this condition for 38 years. He is at the pool of Bethesda hoping that he can get well. Right? I think he wants to get well. And Jesus goes, hey, do you want to get well? It's like, is the sky blue? Is the Pope Catholic? Yes, I want to get well. You know, somebody asked me, Brian, would it be okay if I watched your kids so you and your wife could go out on a date? I was like, yes, I want that. Thank you. You know, like, these are the obvious questions that we get asked. And it's like, Jesus, why are you asking this obvious question? Do you want to get well, but listen to the man's response. This is interesting. Verse 7, he says, he says, sir, he doesn't know who he's talking to. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Does he answer Jesus' question? No, he doesn't even answer Jesus' question. This is a yes or no question. Do you want to get well? And we want him to say, yeah, I want to get well. Tell me how. Help me. Show me. I want to get well. But what does he say? No one helps me. I try. Someone else. What do you guys hear? I, yeah, I hear... You said excuses, the victim mentality, I hear defeat. Isn't it amazing that Jesus never wastes a single question? He has 300 questions. And this is such a powerful question because it cuts right to the heart. And what I hear is I hear a heart full of defeat. It's a powerful question isn't it? It's the breakthrough question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Is there something in your life that needs change? Do you want 
get well. Because as long as you have a heart that's full of defeat, you're always going to be defeated, aren't you? As long as your heart is full of defeat, as long as you're living as a victim, you will always be that victim. And so I need to ask myself, you need to ask yourself, do, do I want to get well? Do I actually want a closer relationship with God? Do I actually want that? Do I actually want, do I actually want something better for my marriage, for my children? Do I actually want something better in my home right now? Am I ready to overcome the issues in my life? Do you want to get well? Because I've been in ministry long enough to know that not everybody wants to get well. We have people in our church, they coach and they counsel. We've all done this too long to know. that not everybody wants to get well. And isn't it interesting because we are often put in very difficult situations, even in situations where it is life and death. You know what I'm talking about? The doctor says, if you don't quit smoking, this is going to kill you. Do you want to get well? It is life or death. If you don't, if you don't change your eating, if you don't change your lifestyle, this is going to end your life. It's that dilemma of change yourself or die. Do you know statistically in a life and death situation how many people will make that change? Statistically, it is one in nine. One in nine actually make that change. So Jesus comes to one guy who's needing a change, and he asks a very powerful question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to be the one today to embrace the transformation and the change and the breakthrough that God has for your life? Do you want to get well? It's a powerful question. And here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus shows up at the pool, and Jesus has the power to change the story. And if you're here today, and if you're like, I have tried, and I've tried, and it's not working, I just want you to know, story changes, they're hard, but Jesus can change your story. And that's the hope that we have today. See, Jesus does what we cannot do for ourselves. And isn't that the beauty of the gospel? Look what Jesus says to the man in verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Jesus' response to this man was simple and it was direct. Get up, pick up your mat and walk. And he did. And so can you. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Last week, we celebrated Easter Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus did not rise from de the dead in victory so that you could live in defeat. And we have a choice. We have an opportunity today through the gospel of Jesus Christ to change the story. And I believe that Jesus can change the story. 
One of the great stories is the story behind the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Are any of you familiar with this old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul? It's an incredible story that resulted in the writing of that hymn. It was written by a man named Horatio Spafford. And Horatio Spafford was a lawyer and a a successful businessman in Chicago. And he had a wife, Anna, and he had four beautiful daughters. He was friends and he was a supporter, as was his family at this time, of a famous evangelist and revivalist named Dwight Moody. So this was back in 1873 when this old hymn was written. And the Spaffords were hoping to get away on a European vacation so that they could actually visit D.L. Moody on one of his revivals and then travel the European countryside. Back in 1873, the only way to get from Chicago to Europe was to take a ship across the Atlantic Ocean. So they had it all booked, they had it all lined up. But on this trip, Horatio wasn't able to join his family on the journey across the Atlantic Ocean. Something came up with his business. It was a huge problem. He had to stay home. So his wife and his four daughters got aboard this ship to cross the Atlantic Ocean. The ship's name was the Ville de Havre. It was a French ship, and that's as good as I can say it. (laughs) If you ever come across something you can't say in the Bible, just say it fast, say it proud, no one's going to know. So his wife, Anna, and his four daughters get on the ship. He's going to join them on the other side after he solves this business problem. Four days into the journey, tragedy strikes. And the ship with his wife and four daughters collides with a powerful, iron-hulled um, Scottish ship named the Loch Urn. And the ship with his wife and his four daughters sinks in 12 minutes. All four of his daughters die. Someone finds his his wife alive on the wreckage. She gets um, brought safely across the Atlantic. And then Horatio gets that horrific telegram from his wife. Saved alone. What shall I do? And of course... He grabbed the next ship across the Atlantic Ocean to bring his wife home. As he journeyed on that ship to go meet his wife, about four days into that journey, the captain called Horatio up to the cabin. And the captain says, as far as I can calculate, as far as I can tell, we are passing over the very spot right now where all four of your daughters perished. That night he went up to his cabin and he penned the words to this hymn, It is well with my soul. And some of you know the words. It says, <clears throat> I remember right here, if I can remember them. When sorrows like sea billows roll, or whatever my lot, you've taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. 
Are those the words of a man living in defeat? Words of a man grieving, yes. But these aren't the words of a victim. I can't, I tried, someone else, no one. I believe these are the words of a man who's hearing Jesus say, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. I believe these are the words of a man who's stepping into the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. It is well. It is well with my soul. Do you want to get well? Story changes aren't easy. Many things we go through in this life that are incredibly difficult and painful. I can't imagine what it would be like to lose my children in an accident like that. We look at a man, and his, what's his story? He's been disabled for 38 years, crippled. Praying, asking God for a miracle, asking God for a story change. And we know he's not going to make it into the pool, is he? He didn't make it in the pool yesterday. He isn't going to make it in the pool today. He's not going to make it into the pool tomorrow. And how amazing is it that Jesus comes and finds him? How amazing is it that Jesus comes and says, I'm here and I can change the story. And I am opening up for you today a brand new story. And here's the story. You don't have to get to the pool. I'm going to bring the pool to you. You don't have to get to the water because I'm going to bring the water to you. And I'm going to bring the life to you. And I'm going to bring the hope to you. And I'm going to bring the mercy to you. And I'm going to bring the forgiveness to you right where you are at today. And that's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And the truth is, Jesus isn't going to always make things well in our circumstances. But listen, Jesus can make you well on the inside. It is well with my soul. He can bring the pool to you. And don't we have to be well on the inside to face everything that we face on the outside? It is well with my soul. Do you want to get well? That's the question Jesus has for every person in the room today. Do you want to get well? The story's not over. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And so today, you're not defeated. Today, the, the issue hasn't been settled. You can make a change in your life. Maybe today, that's saying yes to Jesus Christ for the, for the very first time. Yes, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe today, it's surrendering an area of your life that needs change and breakthrough. Do you want to get well? It's a powerful question. So I just want to encourage you today, this little story, in the name of Jesus, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk in the might and the strength and the power of Jesus Christ.
That's the hope that we have in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning and just the challenge, the encouragement of this question. Do I want to get well? Do I want to change? Do I want forgiveness? Do I want hope? Do I want healing? We sit with that question today, Heavenly Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he's enough. Thank you that his grace is enough. Thank you that we are not a victim today, but we look to Jesus Christ and we look for his victory. And we just ask for the strength today to make the changes that are needed, to face the hard situations, to have the hard conversations, to do the things we have un been unable to do. In Jesus' name, God, lift us up off of the floor, off of the mat. In Jesus' name, rise up, pick up your mat, and walk forward in his power, in his grace that in Jesus' name today. Everybody said, Amen.